0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. The grace, peace, and mercy are yours from our triune God. Amen. Amen. And just a, a heads up, um, I may get a little distracted by Willa <laughs> scooting around over here. It's pretty awesome if you're, uh, if you're missing it. Uh, so the poet and philosopher Eric Idle said it best, I think. <laughs> Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble. Give a whistle. (laughs) And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. (whistles) Awesome. We could keep going, you know. There is, of course... More to this song from Monty Python's 1979 classic, The Life of Brian. If you've ever seen it, uh, this little ditty is sung at the end of the film as the protagonist is crucified. A fellow crucify-e, I think that's a word, uh, begins the song as a solo only to be joined by an entire chorus of the condemned who sing along to the refrain. Little did I know that in some places of the world this song is actually sung at funerals. Um, so I'm hoping to add that to Freebird as uh, one of the many songs um, when I expire. As absurd as the Monty Python crew make it sound, how many of us have actually been encouraged at one point or another to, quote, look on the bright side of life? or other such nonsense when facing a difficult situation. Sometimes we don't even need the encouragement of others. We simply jump to looking on the bright side by trying to rationalize the pain away. I learned so much from this experience. Now that I know what to look for in a relationship, now I actually have time to find myself and pursue my passion. Those in many other kind of phrases I've heard and have actually spoken myself in the midst of hardship or trial. And I'll speak for myself here in that sometimes I'm so desperate to experience the bright side of life that I try to skip over the painful parts. I try to skip the healing process and go right to being healed. I attempt often successfully To call a good thing evil and an evil thing good in the pursuit of even just a little bit of peace. This tendency to jump ahead to the good parts is one of the consequences of our culture's belief in constant progress. As Pastor Nadia's friend Tulian puts it, we have this notion in our country not only of endless economic growth but of endless personal growth. He says that I have a certain antipathy to the notion of we're all getting better and better all the time. And it's so clearly belied by our experience. You may get better in certain ways for 10 years, but one day you wake up and although things are a little bit different, they're not a lot different. That same tendency toward progress that undergirds our national identity and character is also given a tacit endorsement in the church. We, as much as anyone, like to move onward and upward while avoiding the hard parts of life. We like to jump ahead in the story of God's work in our world. How many of us would rather sing, Christ the Lord is risen today, than, O sacred head now wounded? How many of us long in this Lenten season to say the A word even when we know in our minds that we buried her out in the courtyard weeks ago. How many of us long for Easter to come and for Lent to go away, and not only for the Cadbury eggs and jelly beans? It's hard to think about suffering, and it's especially hard to contemplate God's presence in it. It's much easier to view pain and darkness and suffering as a consequence of something we did rather than a reality that God experiences with with us. That view fits into our nice, neat categories of right and wrong. It maybe even fits into our sense of justice. How many of us have ever said, oh, she got what she deserved? That all works out until, you know, it comes to us and our world getting tossed and turned. In today's gospel, I suspect Jesus was sensing some of this tendency in his own followers and in the crowds that were coming to see him. And so when some Greek dudes come along and want to, quote, see Jesus, and that's um, probably first century speak for wanting to get some fanboy selfies with him, uh, Jesus basically ignores the request and starts talking about his impending death. The way, that God, the way of God that Jesus embodies is not a circumvention of pain and suffering. It's a journey through it. It's a way that embraces pain, suffering, and even death as a part of the human experience. And ultimately, for Jesus, it is the way of salvation. Let me say right quick, lest I be misunderstood, suffering and pain, in my estimation, are not the means by which we might experience God and suffering for suffering's sake is not the way of God, but rather those places of hurt and those places of darkness and those places we might feel the farthest from God are the exact places where God is most present. Barbara Brown Taylor explores the potential of these moments of suffering in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark. She notes, we, when we run from darkness... How much do we really know about what we are running from? If we turn away from darkness on principle, doing everything we can to avoid it because there is simply no telling what it contains, isn't there a chance that what we are running from is God? This means for us then as we think about our perspective on the world that the cross, the cross of Christ is not a means to an end. It is not merely the inevitable path that leads to a time and a place where God can flex God's veritable muscle at the resurrection. Instead, the cross of Christ and his suffering have inherent value, meaning, and power in and of themselves. Put another way, the cross is the ultimate statement of God's involvement in the world on this side of heaven. And a worldview that looks through the lens of the cross accepts the difficult thing rather than immediately trying to change it or use it. It looks directly into pain and calls a thing what it is instead of calling evil good and good evil. It's not enough then to always look on the bright side of life, but instead it takes a putting to death an entire worldview that seeks to move past darkness, pain, and even death as stops along the way to God's ultimate glory. It takes embracing the crap that life throws at us and recognizing the face of God in the midst. Unfortunately, we're given a space and a community to have that encounter and still be upheld and loved. As a pastor in this church community, I've borne witness to the faith that so many of you have in the presence of God, in the midst of the most difficult times. I've watched you walk with each other through loss and struggle. I've watched you hold one another in love as you have encountered your own dark, painful, scary places. You do not say the easy thing and ignore the reality of a situation. Instead, what you do is you walk alongside one another through that space giving permission to grieve, to cry, to shout, to even curse God because you've been there yourself. And you have the faith that the cross of Christ has power beyond your wildest dream to hold all that pain and even more. May this place continue to be a space for encountering the love and embrace of God, not merely by counting our blessings, but by walking through the valley of the shadow of death as one body today and tomorrow and forever. Amen.